Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, take out those notes. We are in the finale of a series that we have called Out of Order. And what we have been doing is looking at all things when it comes to your finances and looking at how to get your finances in order to do money God's way. And it's so funny that when I do a series on money, people get so weird about doing finances in the church. And they're like, I just think the church should talk about anything other than money. And let me tell you why the church talks about money. Because we are a church that preaches the Bible. And the Bible is packed full of illustrations and full of scriptures about how to deal with money and do it God's way. There's 2,300 verses in the Bible that deal with money. And if that's the case, then we need to learn how to do it God's way and learn how to get our finances in order to receive the blessing that God wants to give in your life. And so you should have got those notes. We are a note-taking church. And today I'm gonna talk to you about something that, yes, it deals with your finances, but it's more about your life life as a whole, and I titled today's message, The Law of Sowing and Reaping. The Law of Sowing and Reaping. Now, I've used the word law right there because laws work everywhere, at all places, and at all times. For instance, there's the, the law of nature. We know, understand laws of nature. One of the laws of nature is gravity, and if you know what gravity is, gravity means that what goes up must go yeah, you're with me today, church. It's just, it's everywhere. There's nowhere you can escape gravity. And, and people go, well, you can escape it when you go to space. Actually, gravity is in space. You can Google it because gravity is what keeps the moon where it's at, keeps us where it's at in connection with the sun. Like gravity is everywhere. It's a law. It's universal. You can't escape it. Gra- gravity would be one of those laws. There's, there's laws like in business. Um, the, the law of supply and demand. Prices are determined by the relationship between supply and demand. Where there's little demand, there's a little price. So for instance, when you think you fought, found an amazing deal, like I found this thing on sale, it's incredible. Here's why it was on sale. Because nobody else wanted it. That's why the price was so low. You found such a great deal, but in reality, it's because there wasn't a demand for that thing you were going for. It's a law. There's a law when it comes to in our driving of the speed you're supposed to drive. Now, I know some of you think that's a suggestion, but it's not a suggestion. It's a law. And even your pastor, if I can be honest with you, have had moments where I've had to be a little corrected by the law enforcement to say, Aaron, you got to slow it down a little bit. True story, about three weeks ago, I'm driving to church on Sunday morning. And I'm telling you, I got the music blaring. It's like 5.30 in the morning. I'm just worshiping God as I'm driving towards the Britain Plaza in South Tampa. And as I'm doing that, I'm just thinking that, man, this is such a great day. And then the blue lights appeared behind me. And true story, he shows up to my car, and when he walks up to the car, the first words out of his mouth were, driving a little quick there, huh, Pastor Aaron? Dang it, I was caught. I was caught. It's, it's a law. And the law is you got you to drive a certain speed limit. It's what is the law. And here's the reality is there's a law that we see all throughout Scripture. It's a law that affects every area of our life, and it's the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping. I want to break it down 
We're gonna be in Galatians chapter six. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. I'm gonna give you the context behind it because Paul is talking to a group of Christians and challenging them when it comes to this idea of sowing and reaping. And in the context of this, he's talking mostly about sin and about the dangers of sin. And I think it'll connect with your life. We're in Galatians chapter six. We're gonna start in verse one and let me show you what it says. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Okay, can we pause there for just a second? Because this is so crucial that you understand this. This should mark the church and who we are as a body of believers. That when somebody struggles, we do not ostracize them, we do not push them away, we do not shame them, but we are a body of believers that it's okay to struggle here. It's okay to be real here. If you mess up here, we're not gonna shame you and push you away. We're gonna restore that person gently. Can I get a better amen today, church? Like, like we care about people and we love People. So, so he says it this way, you should restore that person gently. And then he says it this way, but watch yourselves. All right, Paul was the original one that said it. So I want you to say, say, watch yourself. Oh yeah, watch yourself. Yeah, watch yourself. He says, watch yourselves. He goes, because when you're trying to restore someone else, it's very easy for us to also be tempted. Sin is no respecter of persons. Temptation is no respecter of persons. No matter what is going on in your life, we can be tempted and we can be overcome by sin if we're not careful. And then he gives us the verse. Verse seven, you can see it right there in your notes, but it's also, if you're following along in the Bible, we're gonna jump down to verse seven. And look what he says. He says, but do not be deceived. Now, why is he saying that? He says, do not be deceived because guess what? It's easy to be deceived. Any of us can be deceived. He goes, do not be deceived. And he goes, because God cannot be mocked. He can't be mocked. Do you know what it literally means? That means, that means you'll never turn your nose up to God and say, guess what? I was right, you were wrong. Hey, God, yeah, you got this one wrong. I, I, I told you so. You'll never do that because God's always correct. He's always true. He's right in all of his ways. And then he says this phrase right there. He goes, a man reaps what he, what he sows. He reaps what he sows. He, he gives us an illustration. He says, listen, don't be deceived. He goes, and it's very easy because we can all be deceived to think that we can get a different outcome than what our input in is he says, don't be deceived, a man reaps what he sows. He gives us an agricultural illustration. Now, I think this is important for us because we don't live in an agricultural society, but he gives us this illustration that has to do with plants. Now, in my family, plants come to my house to die. They come to my house to die. And I don't know what it is about our house, but we can't keep a plant living in our house for long. A few years ago, I did an illustration on this stage with a little um, uh, apple, uh, not apple, an orange tree. And I had this orange tree on there and I was all excited. And after service, I got home to my family and I, got, I brought down my two oldest girls. My two oldest are Lily and Annabelle. They were probably six and four at the time. 
And I brought them up front. I said, hey, you see this little tree here? This tree is our special tree. And this is an orange tree. And for the rest of your life, we're going to have this orange tree here. And we're going to get oranges every year. It's going to be awesome. They're like, oh, that's going to be awesome. So we dug a little hole and we dug it in there. We planted it in there. And then we named the tree. We named it Lily Bell. And we were just thinking, oh man, as you grow, the tree is going to grow. And it's going to be this beautiful thing. And for the next few years, Lily Bell slowly died. A painful, slow death in our front yard. We never made it happen where Lily Bell survived it all. It was finally a couple of years later where we ended up having to just like chop it out of there because we couldn't figure out how to do this thing well. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show you an illustration today that's gonna help you understand the law of sowing and reaping. Because in every world we have this idea that there is something that needs to be planted, there's a time of waiting, and then there's a time of reaping the harvest that you wanna go for. It's sowing and reaping. Sowing and then eventually taking that seed, putting it into the ground, and then reaping something from it. And everything in your life right now is a seed that's going into the ground that's gonna reap a future whether you like it or not. And sowing and reaping is actually very deceptive because right now you could be doing the wrong thing and reaping a good result right now in your life. And what you can be doing is you can be getting deceived to thinking, I'm doing the wrong thing and getting the right result. And what you don't understand is you're getting the result of previous obedience in your life right now. And what you're doing is you're now sowing seed for future destruction that you don't even know that's coming yet. So you've got to learn that sowing and reaping is a principle. You're always sowing and you're always reaping. Our church is in one of the best seasons we've ever experienced in our life. But it's not because we're doing anything right now. Right now. It's because we were doing something right a long time ago. And what we're doing is we're reaping the benefits of previous investment. And your life is always sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. So I wanna help those that are joining us online. I wanna help you today in all of our campuses today to give you some keys about sowing and reaping that'll help your life. Number one, write it down. It's that you won't reap until you sow. Now this is important because many of us want the results, but we can't do the work. We want the outcome, but we don't want to put in the right input. And I want to challenge you with this in your life, that your life is always a result of the, of the sowing that you do in a previous season. And if you're not sowing in this season, which you want to see outcome in your life later on, you're going to always be frustrated because you're going to get to this place and you're going to look back and go, why is it not better? And you're gonna go, because I didn't put the thing in that I needed to put in in that previous season. It's always a result of previous season. You see, the world knows sowing and reaping because they get this, in, even in the banking industry. The banking industry showed you this because you can't withdraw until you first deposit. Very good. And many of us, we want that withdrawal. I remember being in, in uh, college and I learned this the hard way because I would try to withdraw and I would try to write checks and then I would get these things called overdraft fees. Come on, some of y'all know about overdraft fees. 
I remember I finally got my first debit card. I was all excited. I go to swipe that card. And one day I went and swiped it. The lady's like, I'm sorry, your card has been declined. I'm like, keep your mouth. I mean, keep your voice down. Like, this is crazy. People can't know this. And then why? Why? Because I didn't put anything into it. If you want the right results, you got to put the work into it. Well, what's the work we put into it? The work is not hope. You're not going to hope your way there. You're not, you're not, you're not going to just wish your way there. You got to put in some habits in your life. Habits are the seed for the life that you are hoping for. And in your life, if you want the right results, you got to implement the right habits into your life. You want a healthy marriage, then you've got to get some habits called a date night, a habit where you're communicating daily, a habit where you can work through issues the right way. The right habits will create the right fruit in your life. Are you with me today, church? So that's why the Bible says whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously you do the right work, you're also gonna reap generously in your life. It's the input determines the output, but you can't get the results if you don't do the work, church. So what do we do about this? What's the financial principle of this? The financial principle is that you don't expect God's provision without practicing God's principles. So we get to this world where we go, okay, God's principles are that we're gonna do things God's way, but we want God's provision. We want his blessing. We want bonuses. We want promotions. We want breakthrough. And when you're not getting that, my question for you is, did you do it God's way to start? You do it God's way? If you're not doing it God's way, why do you think you're gonna get God's results? So we gotta learn to change it in our mind. It's a sowing and reaping. I'm gonna do it God's way so that I can get God's results. So what are God's principles? Well, there's two of them we've talked through this series. So let me break them down for you. The first one is tithing. Tithing is you're giving God your first 10%. Tithing is a seed. It's a seed to say, I'm gonna put my life in God's hands so that we can see God's results in my life. Tithing makes a difference in your life. And if you want the fruit, then you gotta first do God's part his way. And when you do it his way and you put God first in your life, you watch the results happen. But it's not just tithing. It's also the second principle I've taught you over these last few weeks is called stewardship. Stewardship is handling the 90% well. And how you handle it really determines the outcome of it. And if you'll learn to do it God's way, you'll see God's results in your life. So both of those are, there's ways that you can take next steps on both of those. First of all, if you've never taken the tithing challenge, it's right there in your notes. We've had hundreds sign up for it. It's a way to practice the art of saying, God, you're first in my life. I love it. It's like a seed every single time you give. You're saying, God, you're first in my life. And watch that seed come to pass and bring fruit into your life. And it's also, if your finances are wrecked, you gotta get your life in order. That's why we had a Financial Peace University interest group. We've had hundreds sign up for it and you can still join. We're gonna launch some groups in the spring and we wanna see you get this involved in your life because what we don't wanna see is you get to the end of next year and you go, where's the fruit? And I go, where was the seed? Where was it doing your part? It's the habits that'll produce the fruit in your life. That's why Robert Louis Stevenson says it this way. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. There are seeds that you're intentionally planting in your marriage, 
in your children, in your life, in your coworkers that don't know Christ. If you want the fruit, you gotta first plant the seed. Y'all with me today, church? All right, number two, you won't reap different than you sow. He says, don't be deceived. God is not gonna be mocked. You will reap what you sow. You're not gonna reap different than you sow. So I'm not gonna plant the little lime seed here and then go, okay, I can't wait. I really, really hope that one day I just wake up and there's just a banana on this thing. Lord, Lord, supernaturally turn that lime seed into a banana. We pray pretty much dumb things like that all the time. Like, I, I know I'm not dating the way you want me to date. I know I'm not in a healthy, God-honoring relationship, but one day, give me a healthy marriage, God. You're, you're sowing seeds that are not going to produce the outcome you want in your life, and you gotta understand, you're trying to break a law of nature, and it doesn't work. You will reap what you sow. You're not gonna reap different than you sow. That's why what you sow really matters. He says, those who sow to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. You're gonna get it. So if you have a destructive habit in your life, you're gonna have a destructive future in your life. And the deception is nobody will know, nobody will find out. There's, I'm gonna get away with it. And I just wanna warn you today, church, no, you won't. You won't because you'll always reap what you sow. And then he says, but those who sow according to the spirit of the spirit will reap life, eternal life. I don't know about you, I wanna experience life. I wanna experience health, I wanna experience all that God has for my life. You can write down your notes this way, because you can predict the outcome by evaluating the input. So if you wanna know what your future's gonna look like, don't hope for it, put a habit in place to create it in your life. Because you can figure out the outcome by doing the right input in your life. If you do the right things for enough time over the long haul, you will eventually get the future that you wanna experience in your life. It's a law that he says, he says, don't be deceived. You're gonna reap what you sow. So what does this have to do with our finances? Here, here's how to connect it, because you know it connects with your life. Let me connect it with your finances because every spending decision should be evaluated based on whether you are sowing in the flesh or in the spirit. And every single time you spend, it's a spiritual decision. You are making a decision on how well am I gonna be a steward? What is this? Am I investing this in God's kingdom? Am I investing this in what really matters? Or am I buying more stuff that I don't need to please a bunch of people that I don't even like. That's why Paul says it this way, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Come on, some of y'all, this should have been your motto for Good Friday. I'm just, I'm not even gonna go shopping. Black Friday, whatever it's called. It's not a good Friday for your bank account. Come on, somebody. I, I just, I, it's, it's, it's great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Listen, if we have food and clothing, Paul says, he goes, we can be content with that. That should be your Christmas card for your children this year. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Listen, you got food, you got clothing, we're good with that. 
You know why? Because we don't need more junk that one day we're gonna have to throw out anyway. Because we're gonna live our life being spiritual about our decisions. So let me say, he goes on to challenge it. Look what he says in 1 Timothy. He goes, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. Do you see that word? You get trapped and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. He says it. He goes, you're planting seeds that are destructive in the flesh. I gotta buy this, I gotta buy this, I gotta spend this, I gotta put this on the credit card, I gotta take out a loan for this. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna reap destruction in your life because what you sow, that you will reap. So how do we live this life this way? Here's what we do. We realize that God doesn't want us guilty, but he does want us responsible. He wants us responsible. As Christians, we should be responsible for the fact of being spirit-led spenders. That we're gonna do it, we're gonna, we're gonna put stuff in our cart and then we're gonna pause and we're gonna pray. Oh, can you imagine how much money you would save? I did it the other day. I loaded up a cart of all this cool stuff that I thought would be awesome. It was a deal. It was just such a special deal. And then I paused and the Holy Spirit checked me and so did my wife. <laughs> you really need it? Who are you trying to impress? And then I emptied the cart and I felt amazing the next day. Because I'm telling you, there is something about the fact that it, it, you're not, you're not going to reap a different life than what you sow. So your decisions really matter. Let me just, just turn to the camera and just look at some of the, the, the 20-year-olds out there that are watching this today. What you do right now determines the life you're going to experience tomorrow. Your future doesn't have to be all up in the air and chaotic. You can make decisions now that'll bring about the call of God and the plan of God for your life for tomorrow. But don't be deceived in thinking that you can make terrible decisions now and have a positive future in the future. It doesn't happen. What you do right now really matters because you will reap what you sow. Here's the third one. We'll close with this one. You will reap more than you sow. You will reap more than you sow. The saying goes that you can count the seeds in a single apple, but you can't count the apples in a single seed. The seed has so much more potential inside of it than what you can see. And I want you to know that your life is a seed. You would be deceived in thinking that what you see is what you get and that's all that's possible. But that's a lie because you're a seed. And if you are planted in the right ground, doing life God's way, by God's word, then I promise you, your life can reap a harvest more than you could have ever imagined possible. That is what happens when the seed is planted properly. And if your life will get planted properly and you'll start doing life God's way, then watch the outcome of what he can do with the small that you give him. The, the small amount of talent, the small amount of finances. And let me tell you, the guy on the stage right now, I'm telling you, I, I am the least talented person you can imagine. The only difference between my life and somebody else's life is that I'm a seed that was planted in the house of God. 
And I took my talent and I said, God, it's not much, but I'm going to plant it in you. And I'm going to submit it to you. And you will always reap more than you sow. The Bible says that Isaac reaped, I mean, planted in a year. And then within a year, he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. If you'll plant your life in God and you'll plant your life doing God's way, and if you'll sow into the spirit and not into the flesh, you have no clue what is possible with your life. The law of sowing and reaping proves that the output will always be greater than the input. Always. So let me break this down. I'm almost done, but let me just tell it to you this way. And you need to hear this. Because when you plant and when you sow in the flesh, you don't reap the same amount that you sowed into it. Let me explain. So you go, well, it's, it's just not a big deal. I can do this sin and nobody really. And if I do get a consequence, it's going to be equal to what the sin is. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. You always reap out of that sin more consequences than you ever did. By the way, we're all still reaping the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin a long time ago because you always reap more than you sow. But the good news is, in the same way, when you sow in the Spirit, when you give to God, when, when, when you spend that little bit of time with God in the morning, you go, it's not a lot, but when it's sown in the spirit, here's what I've realized. Everything I do for God, whether it's small or not, that is a seed that'll reap an unbelievable harvest with my life. Because you not only reap more than you sow in the negative, you also reap more than you sow in the positive. So my challenge for you is sow into the spiritual. Sow into your quiet times with God, into doing marriage God's way, into investing in those children, into praying big prayers. You sow into what God has for your life and watch how you'll reap something you could have never imagined was possible with God. Can you give them some praise today, church? Because you always reap more than you sow. That's just the law that's out there. So how does this deal with our finances? Here's the breakdown. It's that when money is sown as an intentional seed, like what you do when you give your tithe, or like what you do when you give towards legacy, or when you hear about last Sunday, when you hear about a missionary or some kind of opportunity, and you sow into that, I'm telling you, we will reap a harvest in this life and the one to come. You will. You will reap it in this life. When I sow financially into anything, I expect a harvest is coming into my life. Because it's the principle. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know how it's going to come. But I know it's going to be greater than whatever I inputted. There's going to be an output that's going to be so much better in my life. Because that's the law that we have to understand. So what is our part? Our part's to sow the seeds. Sow the seed. And I'm not talking about just financially. I'm talking about with your life. So in the right seed, at the right time, to reap a harvest in your life that you could never have imagined was possible. The country of Tunisia is in North Africa. North Africa, it's a small little country, but in this country, it is packed full of olive trees. And olive trees are some of the trees that are some of the oldest on the planet. And um, if I think we got a picture of an olive tree and 
it's amazing. These olive trees go huge. They're massive. And some of them there are thousand plus years old. And so they started doing research going, how in the world did this small country become the fourth largest exporter of olive oil in the world? If you ever go to Tunisia, you're going to hear about them brag about their olive oil. They just think it's the best. How is it possible? Well, they did some research and they came across a grave that's about 15 years old, 1,500 years old. The grave is about as old as the oldest olive trees they've ever found in Tunisia. And they found the grave and on the grave was an inscription of a guy named Dion. And here's what the inscription said. It said, here lies Dion, a pious man. And he lived 80 years and he planted 4,000 olive trees. 4,000. They knew when they found this inscription, the only reason that this thing has impacted us today, where we are the fourth largest exporter of olives, olive, um, oil, olive, olive oil in the world, the only reason is because 1,500 years ago, there was a guy that saw beyond his lifetime, beyond what he would ever even reap from and used his life to invest in something bigger than himself. If he would have done it our way, the average olive tree takes about 10 to 12 years to produce olives for the very first time. So if he would have planted a tree and said, well, I'll see what happens to that. And if it does something good, then I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. Then if he would have done that, he would have planted about six trees in his lifetime. But he was a pious man who spent his 80 years planting 4,000 olive trees. He plant the seed and trust the process. You plant the seed and you trust the process. Let me say it this way. I wanna challenge you on it and I'm almost done. Sowing isn't sexy. Sowing isn't sexy. It's not sexy to plant the seed and go, okay, I'm gonna be obedient, but here's what you do. If you will just trust God and keep planting the seeds that he wants you to plant, keep being faithful to him when everybody else stops being faithful, then eventually there's gonna be a time where you're waiting. And don't plant it and go, well, God, come on, where's your, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Come on, God, come on, God, fruit, fruit, fruit. I, I gave one time in an offering, where's that? Where's the promotion? I went to the church one time, where's, where's the breakthrough in my life? We went to marriage counseling one time, where's the healthy marriage? You plant the seed, you water it, you let the Holy Spirit do the work, and eventually there's gonna be fruit that comes out of your life that you couldn't have imagined was possible. That's why Paul ends this section by saying, let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, it's not your time, it's God's time. At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can I just encourage you, you'll reap the harvest. You will, if you do not give up. Lord, we come to you right now and I just submit ourselves to you. Come on, ask him. Say, God, where are the seeds that I'm sowing in my life that's gonna bring about destruction? Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's in your spending habits. Maybe it's in your, your just disconnect from the church. Say, God, God, where is it in my life? 
that I'm sowing the wrong seeds. Now offer yourself to the Lord. Say, God, let me do it your way. Let me sow seeds of righteousness. Lord, let me do the right thing, even when it's tough, even when it's difficult, even when everybody quits. Lord, I'm going to do it God's way. Well, just before we close, just, just offer your lives right now. Say, God, I am a seed. My life is a seed that is to be sown in the things of God to reap a harvest in this life and in the life to come. God, I submit myself to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.